Should you buy a photo booth to offer as an add-on? How does this photo booth company give owners an entry to the photo booth business that they may not have gotten otherwise? How much should you invest in your photo booth? We're talking about the next generation of open-air photo booths by a company called Photo Booth Supply Company, otherwise known as PBSC, coming up right here on Funkastic Chats. Pretty fun song, right? I wrote that last year, I think. And if you go on YouTube and you type in brand new Funktastic, you should be able to see like a studio video. And there's another video where we played this song live on WGN Midday News. Um, all the music in the podcast and stuff that I wrote over the years. But if you're interested, check it out on Spotify. You can go and check out our first album, just called Funktastic. And then the second one is called Something in the Water. Oh, man, this really makes me miss playing the original music. I'll tell you, you know, it's funny when a couple inquires about having us play their wedding. um, Sometimes the first question they ask is, are you guys a real band or are you guys a bunch of session musicians, you know, randomly put together for our wedding? And sometimes my response is just a couple of Spotify links because there's just a vibe, like a musical conversation on stage with each other after writing an album of all original music together that even transpires in the cover songs you play. It doesn't go away. It's like this whole other level of closeness that really is very hard to be replicated because, you know, when you're writing music together, you're not being paid to write music together. You're writing music together because you want to hang out with each other. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is uh, write an album with somebody to see if they're really your friend. Or if they just want to be around you to get paid. I don't know. I guess that's what I'm getting at here. But let's shift gears. Today we're talking to Simeon Weinrob about Photo Booth Supply Company. Their product known as the Salsa Booth is the ultimate open air photo booth. The booth includes 100 plus LED sequences to beautifully brand your experience. You can share instantly and capture leads and data. You can set up live custom branded galleries. You can print 2x6 or 4x6. You can have hundreds of ready to go pre-made designs or easily customize the strips on Canva. All the marketing materials you need to get your business up and running is included with hundreds of premium photos and videos. Now, there's a private community of photo booth owners called PBSC Owners Facebook Group. And it's a private Facebook community where you can connect with other experienced photo booth owners for help executing events, latest sales and marketing trends, lighting questions, owners show off their best photos and backdrops. And Simeon is one of those experienced owners that gives guidance to owners across the globe through this group regularly. He's one that a lot of people who own a photo booth look up to to be successful in their industry. And I wanted to have him on here to chat about struggles he's helped owners overcome with their booths. I wanted to get his thoughts about everything from paid advertising, the 360 booth, how to make your self stand out in such a saturated market. You know, sometimes we get really overwhelmed looking at everybody's pictures, their fancy backdrops, Expensive printers, hotspots. How much should you be investing in your booth to be putting out awesome quality? It's all coming up right now. All right, so we are here today with Simeon Weinrob. And before I even get into it, I would just love to turn it over to you, Simeon. I'd love for you to 
chat about who you are and what your company is about and just how you're connected to the events industry. Cool. So it's interesting. I come from an entertainment industry background. I went to like, you know, film school. And before that, I was already working in the industry. I'm from LA and I came up kind of doing actor stuff, but also behind the scenes stuff. And then I uh, foolishly went to NYU for film school, came back and thought I had to work my way up in the industry and uh, (laughs) actually did pretty well for a while, but not like in a traditional route. I was working more with like my own stuff. And so there were a lot of ups and downs and I never had like a job. It was always my own production company or my own work. And so when that would dry up, I'd have long spells of nothing to do. In the meantime, I've always been kind of a social creature and I had a lot of uh, like social gatherings and I got really good at parties. And then Mm -hmm. uh, when my wife and I got together and later when we had kids and we'd have parties, people would always be kind of blown away by what we would do between her skill set and mine. And they would say that that's something that we should just be doing for a living. And next time I had a downturn with my business, my wife insisted that we start an event company. And since my background was in um, production, she suggested that I get into photo booths. And so we went the easiest route for that, which was the salsa or the, the PBSCO offerings. And I couldn't just leave it alone. I really got into how to create better technical results from an inferior product. And that kind of got me into tinkering and that got me into kind of teaching and working with other people, both uh, like how to get better results uh, technically, but also how to work with people and how to work with their clientele to create a better experience overall. And that became kind of a passion of mine. So that's how many photo booths do you have? Do you have today? Uh, I'm down to three, three. I've had more, but I shut down completely two times during lockdown and COVID and I haven't fully relaunched really our party decor business has been bigger than our photo booth business. So we do a huge amount of like balloon walls and arches and I build uh, basically sets for people's parties. We, uh, we met in a Facebook group, which uh, Simeon hinted at the photo booth supply company, which is the name of the photo booth company that, um, and and I bought their booth called the Salsa Booth for our business. And Simeon helps a lot of business owners regularly. He's got a lot to say in that group. So if you own a, the Salsa Booth, you should definitely join that user community group. But before we get into just like what the Salsa Booth even is, the people who have never even considered a photo booth, like what does buying a photo booth have the potential to do to your business? And, and how profitable can this how profitable can this thing be? It's interesting. I think that if you're already in the event industry, if you already have access to a certain kind of clientele, and there's a huge range to what that could mean. I mean, I work backyard parties and I also do like uh, corporate and uh, institutional events. Like uh, there's some colleges that are and universities that are regular clients of mine, as well as just I, I actually prefer doing like house parties and backyard parties and stuff like that. But like if you're working weddings and that kind of thing, 
literally for the same service, you can get anywhere from $350 to $1,500 for doing exactly the same amount of work. And I know this sounds crazy, but I actually prefer something towards the middle low end in terms of the level of stress, the type of people you meet, and the overall experience is better. So I'd rather make it up in volume than do the higher end of the market because that's a really stressful and competitive end of the market. And just being competitive in that area doesn't mean that you're dealing with people who are offering the highest quality. It just means they have access to those clientele. And that's been kind of a learning curve for me and something I like to share with other people about, like, how do you find your niche and how do you work your market? Yeah, because of the portability, it's open air, you don't have to have a big DSLR camera. Have you seen photo booths being offered as add-ons by more types of wedding pros or event professionals over the years and photographers and DJs offering them? I I know you have a decor business. Have you seen a bigger variety over the years because of what uh, the salsa booth can offer? Yeah. So we started off with the photo booth and some other rental items. And the photo booth was supposed to be me. And the other rental items were just things we had bought out some other companies that went out of business and took on their popcorn machine and bubble machine and stuff like that. And then, and then the party decor, especially balloons became a major part of our business. So we're doing like $150,000, $200,000 a year in just balloons. That's not profit. That's sales. Our profit is like 35 cents, but because it's a terrible business balloons, but that's where I, that's where I live. That's where I'm stuck. When I go to trade shows or when I deal with people who or wedding shows or whatever, and when I meet people in the industry, or even when I'm out on at a job, people come to me and they say, oh, I have that booth or whatever. And it's photographers. It's people with no background in anything, but related, anything related. I'm sure they have backgrounds in something. Um, but they were looking for like a lucrative side hustle and the marketing got to them or their musicians or their, I mean, it could be anything like DJs. It makes sense as an add on uh, photographers. It makes sense as an add on people who think that they are social and fun. It makes sense if they can get over the learning curve and gain access to the markets, but it's a lot of people. And at least where I am, the market is really saturated. It's kind of shocking, like the downward pressures on pricing and just the overall number of booths that are out here. But it's not that hard to make a distinction for yourself on the quality of experience, on the quality of technique, uh, add-ons, that kind of thing. And really, if you can find your niche, if you can find your people, that you like to work with and get your reputation going, you can have a good business or side hustle. If, uh, if someone was interested in buying a salsa booth for the first time, I know you just gave a lot of great advice, but is there any other advice in particular you would tell them that you wish someone had told you when you had first started doing photo booths? Yeah. I mean, there's a learning curve and it seems like it's super simple and it seems like there's almost nothing to it, but it's even though it's an iPad and even though it's a, and even though it's seemingly easy, there's, it's a camera. And then also there's like all of these kind of like techniques and extra skills you need to have in terms of 
running a business in terms of booking clients, in terms of advertising, where to advertise and not to advertise. I wish that I had done a couple things. I wish that like maybe I had access to, they have a lot of like online training, like the photo booth companies themselves, not just PBSCO, but their competitors. They all do online training. I wish that I could have had access to some of that before I got the booth so that I could understand exactly what it is. Maybe watch some more YouTubes or whatever. But there's a lot of like little things that you don't know about until you get into it in terms of there's graphic design that you can do or not do. I mean, that's something I choose to do, but other people don't choose to do. There's additional lighting. There's the ability to add audio. There's specific trends in styles that come in and out based on whatever's hot on Instagram or what a Kardashian just did. It's, it's all kind of ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, for me, and this is kind of why we first started talking, I reached out to you because when you buy the salsa booth, you get all these marketing materials, the booth, the backdrop. I think the essentials package, I think is $4,800. And I think for me, there was this shock factor where I need the, oh my God, I have to go out now, I didn't realize this. I got to go get the best iPad, the best printer. I need the best lights. I need the Aircaster Pro. I need the paper, the ink. What is, what's your advice on like investing in a photo booth versus just getting out there and doing events? Because I'm pretty sure that's what you told me. You're like, when you need extra lighting and when you need all of this extra stuff, you'll know, but you have to learn how to take a good picture first. Yeah, I think that because of my background. I mean, I was like a Hollywood fancy pants and I was kind of in a more producer role, but then I had to start doing more and more stuff myself. And so I was used to being around equipment that cost hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. And then I got to this place where I had to buy my own stuff. So then I was like, okay, well, how do I be more creative? And if I were to backtrack back in film school, we used to do things with whatever we had handy, like a stick, a paper bag or whatever, and we would figure it out. And then I was working on things with hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars of budgets and the best stuff on earth and the most talented people. And then I was back to working on stuff my, myself and I was like, okay, well, how do you make things work? And how do you get the desired effect? And there's so many skill sets you have to build up. And I felt like, okay, if I could just slow it down and do what I can with what I have until I feel its limitation, instead of going like, oh, there's something better out there. There's something better out there. Cause that's a great way to go broke. And also like, what are, what's the return on investment? And just from a pure business standpoint, like I have like, as a creative, as an artist, as a whatever, I always feel like I have to have like, the best stuff because I, I have these ideas that I want to achieve. And if I don't have the best stuff, I can't do it. And that's a lie. That, that's a lie that I choose to believe and live by until I break myself out of it. And like, as a musician, like you can get a really good sound out of an okay instrument. And then there's a percentage better that you get as you invest more money, but it's only a percentage better, you know, yeah. I, you know, yeah, like, there there are things yeah, like, there there are things that like <clears throat> you and I being musicians would notice maybe right away, maybe we wouldn't, but we would definitely be more inclined to notice it than somebody out in the crowd. And like I remember I, mean, I don't know, I remember just remember sending you my first photo booth album that I did and 
you were like, I know a lot of people who will be perfectly happy with that. But I was like, no, I, I want the lighting to be perfect. I need this to be like superior to everything and blah, 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 blah. And uh, it just reminds me of the guy playing bass in the back with the Squire bass, a couple hundred exactly. dollar bass. And, uh, and, but he's holding it down. He's holding it down and he's making the band sound good. So yeah, I had, kinda, a, I had a hammer slammer, whatever it's called. That was like a, it was a Korean bass that hammer slammer. What is that? Oh, I, I don't, I, don't, I can't remember what it was. So it was, it was a prop off of a Wilco video that a friend of mine shot and like they had jumped out of an airplane and they had like drilled through the bass so that it attached to a harness so that they could play it while in free fall. I mean, they oh, actually wow. jumped out of a plane. And so I had one of those bases that was like all drilled out and torn up and it was a cheap base anyway. Hammer slammer. I think that's what it was called. Anyway, it was, a completely adequate base. And, and it's funny because I have these friends that have these like beautiful, like five string or six string fretlesses and they do these things and it's amazing. But if you're just trying to like hold it down and just keep that rhythm and you just need a decent tone, like <laughs> a squire yeah. will do it. It'll do it. Yeah. Uh, Definitely. And, it's, it, it reminds It also reminds me of like uh, when I used to teach a lot of bass lessons at uh, a music school, all the kids, they want to be like, uh, they want to slap on the bass. They want to be just like flea and all yeah, this stuff, but they can't, but they can't. <laughs> yeah. But then when you ask them to play like a 12 bar blues, the first four or five frets of the bass, they can't do it. They want to play up here and flashy. And it just is kind of a funny comparison because I see a lot of, uh, uh, the user posts on the Facebook community page for the photo booth. And, uh, it's interesting He's kind of seeing what people want to do versus like getting the grounding first in the booth, you know? Right. And you as a musician or like as a artist in general, you have a certain standard and it's, there's a perfectionism and there's this ideal that is probably completely unnecessary. And 99% of people are never going to be aware of these things that you're seeing or that you're feeling. And, you know, so like I have to take myself out of the equation and go like, oh, like I'm looking at my photography and I'm like, that's shifted to the red a little bit. And I need to go in and tweak this or, oh, I need to go in and tweak that. And I have so many friends who are, I mean, so IATSE Local 600 is the uh, the camera local. And so like most of my best friends that are they're still in the business because you can get old and be a, a cinematographer or a camera operator. And since we're all in our, my friends that I went to film school with and have been working with, we're all in our fifties and mid fifties and late fifties. And like, if I let them, if I'm doing a project with them and I let them, the amount of tweaking that they will do before we can get a shot off is endless. And it's not that they're wrong. It's that they're looking for that, like 1% better, 2% better that no one else is ever going to see. And also later on when people are watching it on their phones, it really doesn't matter. And <laughs> that's a good and point. So, like, right. And so like I I go like and people ask me like what brand of something they should buy, what brand of lights, what brand of this, what brand of that. I go like, well, you should get this kind of thing. Cause it works better in my opinion. But I'm not gonna tell you to buy this thing or that thing. Cause I A, I don't want to be responsible when it doesn't work for them. And B, I just don't think it matters. Yeah, you know, I know. I remember I was getting frustrated because I was like, Simeon, tell me exactly what to buy. What's the exact name on Amazon? Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, Mike, just 
these are the kind of lights you need, but just spend some get more there. time with, with the camera settings first and get there first. But get there. Well, one thing you did tell me is that uh, I remember you told me that uh, the salsa booth really started as like a selfie booth and it really wasn't meant to capture like big groups of people. Is that if you're getting, if you're at a wedding or, and you're getting bigger groups of people, is that definitely the time to consider extra lighting? Yeah. I mean, I would say that I would say that every salsa that I send out, even when I'm doing now, I've been forced to by the market to uh, create a cheap offering, a 350 to $500 offering that hurts my soul. But even with that, I'm still sending out an additional light. And it's not an expensive light by my standards. I mean, like $130 light changes this equipment from an affordable selfie booth to a full photo booth, just one light. And you don't have to do much with it. It's just that like the basic concept of like the, the uh, intensity and direction of the light was made to capture a certain angle and uh, proximity subject. And I don't want to get too technical into how and why it all works or doesn't, but it was made for a certain thing. And then that's not how people want to use it. And so how do you hack it? And what's the most affordable way to do it? And then also what's the way that's the least ugly? Cause like aesthetics matter. People are spending a lot of money on their wedding or mitzvahs or quinceañeras or whatever it is you're working. And you have, or baby showers, whatever it is. Like people are spending a stupid amount of money. And I want to make sure that like what I'm doing contributes to the overall aesthetic while still giving them the best possible quality. So like if I could do what I wanted to do, I would bring a whole crew and you know what I mean? Yeah. And light it, you know? Yeah. But that's dumb. That's not what they want. They want a pretty little piece of technology that sits in the corner. It's kind of minimalistic and kind of elegant and does the damn thing. So everything's a compromise. What do you think that the most common, I don't, I don't want to say complaint, but the biggest struggle you see with photo booth owners these days and what's some of the advice that you've given them? Uh, do you see kind of the same common questions coming up from users? So there's problems with, I mean, specifically, I mean, we're really caught on like this one specific booth, this one specific technology, but people want to add other things and they want to add functionality. So how do you add quality audio? Cause it can do video. How do you add, how do you do that? And there's a lot of ways to do it, but there's really only one way that works well, sadly. And it's not cheap. Or how do you add, it was meant to be a digital booth and you can add printing, but it's not the best solution and it's not cheap, but it will get you more jobs for that one booth. Or how do you do the lighting and what's the best way to do it for different specific situations? And all of these questions come up again and again. I mean, really every week it's the same questions. And a lot of it should be covered by like some basic training between that and like quality of images and that. But also what other tools should you have in your arsenal? What other photo booths should you have? Like, should you have a DSLR booth? I say probably, but not 
at this point, for what I've seen people be able to do qualitatively in terms of the photography, I would say it barely matters. It's that percentage of difference. Like you spend $5,000 or you spend $8,000, $9,000. And the difference is a few percent. But I mean, I get why you'd want to do it. But it also means as long as you're working that higher end market and you can charge more, that's fine. But if, does, you, if um, you're not, does their CEO, uh, what's his name? Is it Brandon, Brandon Wong? Wong? Does he know you? Is he familiar with you and all that? Yeah, I, 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 um, I go over to their uh, offices sometimes to be a problem. Oh, nice. Oh, they're not really. I mean, are. not really. I, <laughs> they're in Southern California. I'm in Southern California. It's like a 45 minute drive. I have gone over there because I needed to get some equipment repaired or because I needed to drop something off or pick something up or whatever. And, and I can do that. And sometimes he's there and he'll say hello to me. But most of the people in the company don't work at their headquarters. They work remotely. So it's like me, their main tech guy and Brandon and like. Oh, I see. Yeah. That's yeah. It. I mean, that that's who's there. Everyone else is working from wherever they live. Wow. Yeah. Man. I mean, it's cool. I got to see like their new thing, the guac. I got to see it before anybody else because. The main tech guy, he's this uh, giant of a man whose job it is to try to break things, was, you know, smacking away at one last time I was over there, which was before <laughs> they came out. And it was interesting. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah, cool. That's cool. Speaking of lighting, do you see the do you see the lighting uh it's getting dark outside? Like <laughs> Yeah. Well here too. Oh and that oh yeah. But oh, that's parrot time though. Parrot time when the parrots come through your window, right? Or not through your window, but <laughs> yeah, lock basically. your window. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I mean, now with daylight savings, it might be different, but usually four o'clock is parrot time. I'm, uh, I, I guess one other thing I thought of too is like with all of their, now they have all these training videos and the marketing yeah. materials. They even give you sample packages and pricing to offer your services. Did PBSC offer people an entry, an entry point to the photo booth world that, they might not have gotten otherwise, especially like during COVID when, you know, people were, you know, that was king of looking for a new side hustle. Right. They always did that. I mean, not always, but they've done it as long as I've been working with them, which is about four years. And working with them, I mean, buying their stuff and being a problem. And it's been good, but it keeps getting better. I don't actually look at any of their new stuff, and I should. But I always tell everyone else to look at their new stuff and to get into their stuff and to do the trainings and watch all the videos and really familiarize yourself. I have I have regular meetings with their product development teams and stuff like that. And kind of like the conversations we're having, but like on a more like specific feature basis. And so far they haven't paid me. So they should, because you're keeping everybody happy in that in that Facebook group. I can tell you. Not that. everybody. I make a lot minds. of people sad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not nice to a lot of people. But you um, tell it like you tell it like how it is. That's my goal. My goal is yeah. just, just to keep it honest, because like it's not an easy job. I mean, it's a real job. Anyway, I mean the other thing that that people I mean, because you're asking about other questions, it's like there's other technologies that come out. There's those mosaic booths, which are amazing. I don't know if you've seen them. Do you know about the photo mosaics? I'm oh, tell me what it is again. I definitely heard the name before, but so it takes all the pictures and it places them into a bigger picture. 
you can you basically it makes all your pictures into tiles and forms a bigger single image from all of your images so you can look at all the individual images but you also get a bigger picture of something it's oh, cool gotcha. it uses computers and stuff and then uh <laughs> and then the other one that's i don't know i don't know how long it's going to be hot but the 360 and people are always asking me if i have a 360 and i always tell them why i don't but they don't like my answer why, why just, don't you it takes oh, up sorry. a lot of space. I'll tell you that. I, re- I rarely see them at weddings unless we're playing at a big venue. Right. To do it right, you got to get the big one. And it's big. And it's heavy. And it requires multiple people. And it's expensive. And it's hard to light correctly. And it does one thing. So with something like the salsa, I got photos with all of the filters. I got videos with audio. I got boomerangs. I got GIFs or GIFs, depending on how you like to say it. I mean, it does all those things. It builds a beautiful gallery. Everything's customizable. It's nice. And yeah, you can add all kinds of video effects and stuff to your 360. You can do all kinds of interesting slow-mo or trailing videos or all kinds of things and it's all okay but i thought the whole concept was a little little weird i don't know it's just like i don't know it doesn't seem as i don't know a photo booth is just so nostalgic it's just like your classic right. booth is just- and we're dealing with a modern photo booth that does the handles the nostalgia part but also does some new things and the digital delivery and the immediacy is all part of the fun that people can take something and immediately send it to their phone through text or airdrop or email is amazing to some people. And then you can print it too. And you can have these online galleries that are shareable. And at least in my case with my business, I never take them down. So that's forever, ever, or at least as long as I pay my server costs. Yeah. And all of that stuff is great. And the, the 360 is a one trick pony. It's an amazing trick. It's really cool. I kind of want one, but I also kind of am scared that I'll to really do it right. In my opinion, I'd have to spend around $10,000, $15,000. I'd have to charge more money than most people do for it right now because the prices have been coming down, at least in my area. And I don't know if I'm going to make my money back. And also, I don't know how long it's going to be hot. When is the right time to invest in some sort of paid advertising for your salsa booth, have you been all word of mouth this entire time? Or like, would you recommend advertising your booth? Like our wedding band, we do the knot, we do wedding wire. What's your take on that for the booth? All right. So what we initially tried was to pay for everything and we lost a lot of money. So then we went back and we regrouped and we figured out what worked for us, which was to start off with, Free events and better yet, heavily discounted events. So even Groupon. And I know this is like an ugly and unpopular thing to say. But so we established our pricing. So let's say like uh, starting price was 700 at the time. And like I said, there's been downward forces. So our starting price is really down to 350 or 500, depending on which package you're looking at. And I mean, we still have offerings that are $1,500. And there's additional add-ons from whatever. But 
So we had half of our lowest price. And we were just going for basically trying to get as many people to experience our offerings as possible. And one of the things I figured out really early on was that anyone that's going to get you through Groupon is not your client because they're always going to be bargain hunting. They're always going to be going through Groupon, but their guests, if they like what you do and they like you are your potential clients moving forward. So we, we went for that really low price and I would always say, this is what the actual price is. This is what the discount is because I didn't want people to come back and say, Oh my God, you price, I, I got you for $200 or whatever. And now you're saying it's seven. It's like, okay, yeah, you got the special. And the thing that was great was we wound up doing so many jobs in so many terrible conditions that we really learned how to do it. But the other thing that we did was, and this is more specific to your question is we started to get more and more reviews. So Yelp to pay for Yelp, but not to have any reviews is a waste of money. But once you have a critical mass of four and five star reviews and you pay for Yelp, then it works because you're paying for people to see you. And then when they see you, they see that other people have experienced your work and they like it. And then it's worthwhile. I imagine the same thing is true for the wedding wire and the knot, wedding pro, whatever you want to call it, thumbtack, uh, bark, all of those paid markets. It's once you have enough Yelp and Google reviews to to make people care or even with wedding pro i would do the free and i would get myself out there as much as possible and try to build up like a massive reviews and then i'd start then i start paying for it and seeing how that goes but even then i would start kind of minimal because every time we tried to do a big uh, advertising push initially huge waste of money now we're at a point where we have a reliable week-to-week flow some down weeks some weeks where we're slammed but you know it's fine and again on my photo booth side i have uh shut down and i'm in the middle of a relaunch so like my company jovial events and rentals is going to become more about the decor and kind of like fun rentals we don't do like tables and chairs and stuff it's all like we don't deal with anything useful but like so i'm relaunching the photo booth side as the pasadena photo booth company And when I do that, I'll probably invest, I mean, probably $20,000 or $30,000 in new equipment. Uh, I'm training new people. I'm trying to do a big push. But I think that I have enough of that uh, critical mass of reviews that I can do that and feel confident that I should be making money pretty quickly. Yeah. When you do get the the leads in, and you do start getting clients, is there a particular CRM system that you found works best for you to keep track of the leads you're getting, the clients you have, what's happening? Is there something in particular that you use? Well, we've been mostly HoneyBook. And that's been good for us because we have a fairly diverse set of offerings. I know that if I was just starting out, I might use some combination of just like square for invoicing and the proposals that go through PBSEO. If that's the company I was using, because they have that, they have the ability to do these proposals where you can kind of get people through the decision-making process to get their customized booth together 
And then I would use something like Square for the invoicing and the contracting. If I was just getting started and I wasn't trying to spend like a monthly outlay of whatever we spend on HoneyBook, which is, it's an expense. And, you know, 17 hats and there's a book booth and all of those. I don't have enough experience with like everything out there to say that what I'm doing is the best or the worst or anything else, but you need to do something. And I think it's worth trying them. Yeah. Figuring I guess out one, one, for you. one one other thing that caught my attention when you were talking earlier about relaunching your business is that when you relaunch your photo booth business, it's not going to be branched under jovial events. It's going to be a, a separate company. And I think that's, what I've seen people, I've definitely questioned it too. Should you, you know, leave it as an add-on under what you're currently offering? Or do you start literally your own photo booth company and just have that just like an entire separate entity when you buy a booth? Yeah, so I would leave it as an add-on until, I mean, it's the same thing I've been saying about everything. It's like, use what you've got till you outgrow it. And for me, because I feel like the level of service that I'm able to give with photo booths is high, but the amount of money I'm able to charge is not. And I have a built in consistent clientele that's, they're not wealthy people. It's house parties and it's, and I love them. It's the best food. It's the best music. It's the nicest people. I want to hang out and be there, but it's not making me money, money. And I know that I'm capable of it. So what I need to do is I'm not going to reject what I have, but I need to build on it. And one of the things I need to do is come back with a new name and a new, a new look and new offerings because I want to make a distinction and I want to work a different end of the market. So if you are in Southern California Simeon, where can people go to, to check out your decor company, your photo booth company? Where uh, and I'll put these links in the show notes, too, of this episode. But where can people go and check you out, man? Well, right now, thank you, first of all. Right now, look at our Instagram. It's Jovial Events CA. That's J-O-V-I-A-L-E-V-E-N-T-S-C-A. That's our Instagram handle. And I know that I didn't need to spell it out because you're going to put it down there. So feel free to cut that. And then uh, jovialevents.com is the website. But, you know, look at our Instagram. It's it's good. We do fancy, pretty things with balloons and backdrops and peacock chairs. And we make people's parties pretty. Make sure you give him a follow. I really appreciate just like all of the knowledge that you just like constantly share. And it's just I know sometimes it's the harsh reality that you got to give people. But it's super uplifting to me to just like be around people who like really know their craft and just can like inspire you to just become better at what you do. Thank you. I believe in collaboration and I believe in paying it forward. So if I've helped you, you help the next guy and uh, that'll make me happy. Yes, sir. Simeon wine, Rob, thank you so much for coming on, man. Thanks Mike. Talk to you later. And that's it for today. If you want to learn more about photo booth supply company or Simeon and his company, Jovial Events, make sure you check out the show notes. All the links will be there. You are extraordinary and we'll see you next time.